Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I am Michael McCall. Oh, no, it didn't work. I bought a streamer, particularly to pull it off when we won our first game and I pulled the string and it didn't come out. Just pulled a wee bit too hard there. Yeah, I mean, it Put happens. It my You're getting older. <laughs> Actual gutted. The, see, I, I did this on <laughs> one of our shows a few years ago, but I used a sound effect. Yeah, could you just dub that in for me? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dig it back out. <laughs> Although we had one of those ones that go... Yeah, I'm devastated. Ah, well, we'll try that again, shall we? Because the whole thing's lost now. Oh, I'm keeping this in. All right, okay, I'm Lee Gillis. I'm very disappointed, but happy in equal measure, Lee Gillis. I'll take it. And I'm Gordon Henderson. Who did not bring any props with him. No. Just a pink eye. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You'll you'll notice that we are not joined by Doug Perry tonight. Two reasons for that. One, he's so happy after yesterday's victory that he's joined Scott Young in his garden. So he's out there just now. But also, like a lot of the East Five support, Doug likes to, to wallow in misery and like talking about a victory. It, it wasn't for him, he said. He's like, no, I can't be positive. I've, I can only spout negativity, so I'm not joining you in the show. Fuck you guys, I think was his exact words. I just thought he'd maybe wanked himself into oblivion. but oh well. I, It could, could be a bit of both. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a victory to talk about it's like when when prince wrote this is what it it feels like when doves cry i got confused yesterday i i woke up i actually woke up a bit early and saw that we were winning and i was like oh i think i'll go back to to sleep now that's not going to last and then i woke up about an hour or so later and we were still winning and i'd actually won the game and i was like i don't know how to feel yeah, we kind of talked about this about yesterday. I went through with, with Isla, and we were like, "What do what do we even do? Like, it's been that long since we've had a win. Like, how, how do you deal with this?" I mean, but we'll get into all of that. But before we do, let's hear a little bit. Oh, it's worked. He's popped his cork. <laughs> it's great, <laughs> great visuals for, for the podcast. <laughs> the streamers everywhere. It's all over his head. It looks like he's got pink hair. Ah. Oh. Pink Much hair, done. pink eye. I'll have to get <laughs> yeah. something pink as well. And Doug's got something pink, so I'll 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 find something pink to to kind of tie in. And on that note, let's hear from this episode's sponsors. 
East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and to John W. Gilson, solicitors from Glenrothes, for the continued support this season long. We've had continued support all season long for East Fife, and they repaid it in spades on Saturday. Heading along to Recreation Park, you two guys went to the game, which I guess <laughs> if, it, if it was a choice of paying £18 to get in or a shocking £18 for the stream, you're going to go in person. You might as well go, yep. yep. And judging by my broken streamer, um, I'm really glad because streams don't seem to be my thing this weekend. No. But one thing I will say is we took a very good away sport um, with us yesterday, considering how bad we've been and the fact that they charged a ludicrous eighteen pound a ticket. That's um, shocking. We, I mean, there was the, the Bayview boys were there. They were in full voice yesterday. It was brilliant. Um, but I mean, I mean that's all their pocket money gone. Exactly, you can't buy any crack after you've, <laughs> 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 you've done that. But I mean, it was it was fair play to the fans that went along yesterday. It was good to see them get rewarded. But there was a very worrying stat um, which I seen on Pine Bovril, and that that will be the first time that fans have seen East Fife win away from home in over two years. Because although we've won away from home, fans weren't in the game. So that's oh. the first time that the fans all have seen um, East Fife went away from home in two years, um, which is pretty depressing. But wow, it was worth the wait. <laughs> I, I I would rather have had it before now, but if if you feel it was worth worth all this anguish for two years, I mean that that's that's fine. <laughs> I, no, Gord- that's not what I meant. But I, I know, <laughs> Gordon. When the goals went in, did you remember what to do? It was a bit weird, like you're sort of getting up and shouting and clapping and things, and just like you feel a bit like a knob. I mean, like, <laughs> like it's not a, it's not a usual thing to do, and when you're not used to doing it anymore, you feel a bit self conscious. So I, I, <laughs> it did it, it did feel a little bit weird, but I mean, obviously the goals after the first one, second one came in really quickly, and I mean, we're used back, to it back now. Into, yeah, back into the swing of things, yeah. It's like we've never been away. I I watched the the highlights on Aloha's YouTube channel, and if you haven't done that, I recommend it. it Salty tears. Oh, it's entertaining. I just want oh. to read you how this is the introduction to it as they're putting the teams coming out and the lineups up. The commentator says, "If we don't get a result in a game like this, it's a damning result. Uh, a win is the only acceptable result today." He said it's crunch time for the manager. I don't know if I've mentioned this in the show before, but I don't particularly like Barry Ferguson. And I've never heard that. No. Um, so you can imagine how elated I was that not only did we win, not only did we score three goals, not only was my other half back to his absolute best yesterday, 
but Barry Ferguson going mm. home with tears running down his cheeks. That was the, the cherry on the icing of the cake. Did you hear the Aloha fans singing Baza get to fuck, Baza yeah. Baza get to fuck and oh, you'll yeah. be sacked in the morning? I yeah. did enjoy that. I actually meant to check today to see if he had been sacked. I take it he hasn't at the time no, of us recording this. But Al- Alan Johnson, Queen of the South manager, sacked. Stephen oh. Glass, he's been panned in on her. Oh, so, I missed that. Yeah, both of them have gone. I thought, you know, after that, because I, I watched the, the Scottish Cup highlights last night on, on sports scene, and after that, I did think Glass is it's tough yeah. for him to keep going after that, because that was all think, they really had to hang on to this season. Yeah, I think the Aberdeen fans seem right through him. Eh? Oi. <laughs> I mean, he he came, he managed Atlanta United over here just because they panned their coach, and he didn't do too bad, but... I was like, why have you gone back to manage Aberdeen? And, yeah. It's a tough one after McInnes as well, because I feel like yeah. he'd done a good job over such a long period of time. Well, they think, gave him so long. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough one to back in, come back into, because you think the only way is down. Some jobs are a little bit like that. Mm. I, I don't think anyone yesterday probably gave East Fife too much of a, a chance in that game. I was watching a view from a, a terrace that was back on Friday night and Craig Telfer, he tipped the the Aloha to, to get a, a, a big win in this one. And the commentators on YouTube actually blamed Craig Telfer for that defeat by <laughs> by picking Aloha to, to did win you not, Did you not see a tweet of him yesterday? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to... What, what did you tweet him? Because I was going to do a get it right fucking up here, but I thought, let's keep on good terms with him. Uh, in case he wants to be a guest panellist on yeah. our, our you know, renowned podcast. Well, in case he um, wants one of us to, to come on their show at some point. Probably not me. A, I, that would be a push to, to fly over just to do a TV yeah, appearance. I'm happy to do it, though. So I, I tweeted out yesterday morning, it's game day. Will we finally score? Will Danny Swanson start? Will the pie be good? Can we get a win and get it right up, Craig Telfer? And I, I did say, I jest, Craig. Will my kid ever sleep through the night again? Fuck knows, but it's Saturday and Saturdays are for football on Monday five. Um, so to answer that question for everybody, will we find the score? Yes. Did Danny Swanson start? No. Will the pie be good? Yes. The pie oh. was excellent. Um, and they offered it on a roll, which was... What? Yeah, a pie in a roll. Oh, that's, uh, like a nor- that's like a Northern English thing. It's like a, was it a pie barn. Yeah, pie in a roll. Oh. Yeah, and I've had it before, but I didn't do it yesterday. But the pie was excellent. Um, can we win and get it right up, Craig Telfer? Yes. Will my kid ever sleep through the night again? Probably not. But it was a a good day in the Gillis household yesterday. Uh, there's certainly medication you can give your kid. Gordon, go into that game. Like we spoke last week, and. Everyone was quite negative, and I went for a draw to try and be positive. I didn't really believe we were going to do it. 90 seconds in, and it's 1-0 down. What were you thinking at that point? Uh, Just, you know, uh, here's just more of the same. We considered a corner a minute into the game. Just, you know, why am I here? (laughs) Why have I come out into cold, wet, aloha? To watch this, and you're you know, you're really not looking forward to the rest of the game. But um, 
as it went on, even because it took us a while to get the equaliser, but even between their first goal and our equaliser, I thought we we started to play all right. So it was, it was really just that first that first two minutes, a bit of a blip. But pretty soon, I thought we started to look like the better team. So that started to give you a little bit of hope, um, even though Aye. we went down. Um, I mean, from the highlights, it looked like the first half of the first half was all Aloha and then we started to get into it and then we got our goals and there's a few talking points that we'll, we'll go over because the Aloha were not happy with the, the refereeing. There, there's some things I do get that they're, they're not happy about but we'll, we'll come to that. Let, let's look at the goal quickly that Aloha got Lee. Shocking marking for me at that corner. Dunlop just lost the, the scorer Durham. Durnham? Durnham. Durnham. Um, yeah. He just lost He had him. And then, for whatever reason, just let him muscle inside of him and just get to the ball. It was it was pretty poor. But we've talked about our set piece marking as well. It's it just needs to be better. Yeah, East Fife and conceding from set piece shocker was my thoughts in the the first two minutes. But to be fair, that's the first goal we've conceded in three, mm-hmm. um, and considering where we are in the league, there's one thing that I kind of was thinking yesterday actually before we go into the goal. Was we seemed a bit more resilient than we had been, and there was a lot more of a togetherness in the team. I felt yesterday, and uh, right, we've got ourselves in this, and we want to get ourselves out of it. Um, you know, I think for, I, I watched Crawford's post match, and he said that you know Dunlop went in, he's held his hands up, and went, I lost him, but equally, he was you know pretty good yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that Arbroath front line is a decent front line yeah probably um, the Aloha front line um, sorry that's because I watched that broke earlier um, the Aloha front line's decent um, as well so um, to concede the goal that we did though was poor um, but some header from Dunham it, it was, was. A good goal. He took he took it really well and like we, we could have just folded and as you said they showed resilience and it's like to go down that early that is that is the making of if a team have any heart left. And we, we've criticised some guys in, in recent weeks for maybe looking like they don't give a fuck. And once we go behind, our heads go down. And I, th- I think that did show that Crawford's got some belief in this team going, that they do think that they they can get out of it. I don't want to get too far ahead, but again, you look at the table and it's like, oh, all of a sudden we're just six points in it. But yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. I want to talk about an incident, though, 10 minutes in, that there was a lot of, I guess you could say, refereeing controversy over the course of of the game, some more than than others, and I think Aloha were just whining about some stuff a a bit much. Their fans seemed the whiniest bunch of bastards we've heard in a long time on a a game or a stream or whatever. Is that how you came across during the game? It was like... it was Ned Central and, and it, Gordon. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but there was like a two older guys near the corner flag, literally arguing across from where we were to where they were with this group of Neds and giving them it absolutely tight. Honestly, oh, really? it, it was oh, it was beautiful. And obviously, we were a goal down, so they were giving us pelters. And then obviously, we equalise and we get the second one. It was beautiful. It was really good. There was a tackle 10 minutes in from Kieran Miller that I think if we had VAR in our league, that would have been a straight red. 
it's a shocker. He goes right through him and catches him in his ankle. Is that um, the one he gets the yellow card for? Is Bla- against Blaze Riley Snow? Yes, I think he got booked for it. Yeah. It, it is a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did think at the time, because I think sometimes... Miller has a bit of that in him, you know. He's that he's that kind of player. He, he likes to put in a tackle, and he's a kind of tough player, which is great. But I think he has that sometimes where you know he'll pick up the odd red card here and there. And it did get me thinking at that time when he picked up that yellow card quite early. I was like, oh no, you know, the odds that Miller picks up a red card now are hmm, maybe a little bit too high. Um, but he. He kind of um, restrained himself for the rest of the game and it ended up being them going down to 10, so all yeah. worked out. But yeah. That that was, like, in all these games, every game, there's always, like, defining moments or game-changing moments. That is one of them. Because if we'd gone down to 10, that was us fucked. We weren't coming back into that. But it's, like, fine margins. It's like, this is what happens. But then we started to get back into the game. Dunlop had a shot and then a shocking miss from Kyle Connell. I... T- I was a bad one. I think he could have done way better there. Yeah, uh, when he missed that as well. I I was thinking of you when I was watching the highlights as to what you must have been like at the game when he missed that. Yeah, there was a whole lot of expletives came out and then I think his poor mum was sitting quite near me as well. But (laughs) I think, uh, to be honest, I'm surprised she wasn't swearing up as well. That was was horrendous. The, The thing that frustrates me about Connell is he almost... How am I going to say this and say it right? He's a smart ass, And instead of doing the mm. easy thing and putting your laces through it, he almost tried to be too clever. And there's a lot of the times that you watch him with stuff like that, like he'll try the back heel when really if he just held it up and took an extra touch and played a, a, a better pass, then it would have got us a better result. Or he'll try and skin a man when... He probably doesn't need to. And if he just goes to basics, it's where somebody like Kev Smith needs to grab him by the neck and just be like, stop being a wee dick and just try and play properly. Um, But the sheer relief on his face when he scored yesterday, I think it's been a long time coming for him. But after we missed that first one, you're bang on. I was like, oh, here we go. Another, it's going to be another game where we miss chances. But a striker that's in form and confident smashes that top bins. Yeah, um, and I think a striker it, it really... that's confident and scoring can do all those fancy things as well. If you're out of form, do the simple stuff, do the basics. Yeah. If you're out of form at a team that isn't scoring and at the bottom of the league, and do you want to know what all I can think about as well? Is, is for those of you that, that like movies, is Adam Sandler happy or more? Just tap it in, just tap it in. That's all I could hear in my head. But no, he tried to, mm. he, he almost tried to like cuddle it into the side net, and I'm like, just put your boot to it. But doesn't matter anyway. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I spoke a couple of shows ago a house and Johnson had signed one of the Whitecaps guy. So he made his debut on Tuesday night. So I was watching the, the game because he came on as a sub and he tried this little back heel pass and it didn't come off and he fell over. And I thought, <laughs> Theo, don't your... do that in Scotland for fuck's sake. They're going to crucify you. <laughs> Not on your debut. No. Just, no. If it, it, One of those things, if it came off, it would be like, oh, what a signing mm. he is. And that's like, oh man, <laughs> those fans will turn on you so quick. Is, is it is it David Dunn who did that a good few years ago now? Yeah, Birmingham City. <laughs> he tried to do this, you know. He puts his right, he puts his right foot, flicks it round his left, and tries to cross it into the box. But he just gets his feet tangled and crosses and falls over. 
looks like an absolute idiot. They were 2-1 oh. down at the time as well, and it's like, that's not the time. Oh. Not the I time do to do that. stuff like that. <laughs> um, but then, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We, we missed those opportunities because then a couple of goals in quick succession put us in the lead. Now, the penalty, Gordon, I don't know if you've watched it back. Yeah. I don't know what you thought at the time. I think it was soft. I think it's one of these ones that I think... It, it does look soft. It's certainly nowhere near when you when you watch it back. You're nowhere near thinking that is a absolute um, kind of dead set penalty. For me, and the Aloha the Aloha um, highlights and the East Five highlights are obviously from different sides, so it's quite interesting ah. to watch both. Mm-hmm. For me, I mean, Durnan clearly puts his arm out. Yeah, Steel Steel gets across him, and Durnan puts his arm out. Um, now, it's one of these ones where if it was another player, if it was Connell or Wallace that was in that situation, there's a part of me that thinks I probably just, he was probably just waiting for that and then went down. But there's a part of me that's like, I don't think Steele would have done that. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I think he wouldn't have had the kind of, well, you know, kind of shite bag. He's more honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He probably wasn't. He wasn't running across thinking, oh, if I get a wee bit of contact, I'm going to go down, which makes me think that it actually, you know, Dunnan did kind of make a bit of contact with him. And even though it is um, pretty soft, it's that kind of thing where if that had happened in the middle of the park, should it have been a free kick? Probably. So, you know, and I think often we kind of scream at refs for, for that exactly, be like, you know, if that was outside of the box, it would have been a free kick, so it should be a penalty. Um, I, I get why it's soft, and it's one of these ones. I think if you're an Aloha fan, you're going to think that was very, very soft. I, I was thinking if that went fan, against us, we'd be raging. Yeah. It, it yeah. depends, I guess, because you're talking about the angles there. I didn't actually look to see where the ref was positioned, because he might just have seen the arm go out, and then from his position, think, well, he's he's put, caught him in the back. Because yeah. the commentators thought right away. They said on the Aloha commentary. Oh, arm in the back there, he's gone down. And then they saw the replay from a slightly different bit and they're like, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I think when you watch it full speed, you, you know, you, you do see that. You see the arm go up. You see it kind of go into Steele's head area, Steele go down. Because it happens very quickly. You think, oh, that kind of looks like a penalty. I think if you watch it slowly, you sort of think to yourself, Does, it doesn't look enough to send him down. Uh, but maybe that's a speed thing. But um, equally... But Sorry to interrupt you, Gordon. When I watched it yesterday, I'm like, never a penalty for me. Didn't think it was a penalty. But I mean, so. I said I said to you at half time, how many times have these decisions gone against us in the yeah. last couple of years, right? So I was like, we were due one. But if he thinks that that's a deliberate elbow, he's got to send them off, and he didn't. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't. But I, I think you could say that. Durnan was just kind of a bit blindsided. He didn't expect Steele to get across him, but he has put his arm up. He has connected yeah. with Steele, and and that's that. I don't think he meant it, but no, who cares? Um, no. It was because right, because your boyfriend got back uh, on the score sheet, Lee, and oh, you must just have been in heaven. No, it was it was great. Valentine's, I, Valentine's Day treat for you. Yeah, this came early, just like I will. Um, no, I think that um, Wallace, when he stepped up, I actually said, I don't feel confident about this. But I don't know if it's just indicative of uh, how the season's going. You're a bit like, Yeah, but I mean, steps up, keep her the wrong way, straight up to the fans who were clearly oh, giving them pelters. I love that. Love that. 
I seen Chris Higgins turn around and and giving them some verbal as well, which was great. Um, like you say, Gordon about um, about Aaron Steele. One thing I want to say in case we don't get onto it, he was immense yesterday, and I mean immense. That was his best performance as Crawford came in, in my eyes anyway. He just and considering he was out of position as well, really really good. Um, but yeah, if that was Connell, I don't think Connell gets that penalty. Um, because he's probably known for going mm. down a bit easy. Um, but fair play to Steely. And if he has seen that, it's good gamesmanship from him, but it's not it's not something I want to see creep in. But like you said about the um the, the different highlights, Liam says that's a penalty right away. He's 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 yeah, what's Liam it. thinks that's everything's a penalty, a penalty though. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, he thinks it's a penalty. And it's funny because as I was leaving, um I said goodbye to, to Liam and to Laura and Laura went, do you think it was a red card, which we'll come to later? Mm. And I was like, no. She was like, me neither. And she's like, did you think it was a penalty? I was like, no. And she was like, me neither. Um, but then she sent me a screenshot of the uh, sending off. And oh boy, is that sending off. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. when I first saw it as well, I mean, we'll come here, but when I first saw it, I was like, oh, another soft one. And then it's like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> But, I mean, 36 minutes gone, we're back in the game. Uh, fantastic controlling the play. And then three minutes later, we go ahead with, a, again, a little bit more controversy here. If they had given, if the ref had blown for a, a foul on us for the little tug on the defender, I would have had no complaints about that. So I think that was part one of it. Could you have deemed it a pass back? I guess it was, and the keeper yeah, did pick it, it up. Yeah. But I think yeah. the keeper got confused a little bit just because of the tug, and he was a little bit not sure what he was doing. I wondered if he thought that maybe Connell had got the touch, and mm. that's why he just picked it up. I mean, the the full highlights of that whole thing, it's so there's so many things going on with it. Yeah. It's hilarious. So Connell does, to me, it's, you know, it's, it's not quite a full tug, but what you can see is he's that like, Graham... He's like trying to get past him, he's just uh, like... He's kind of climbing yeah. on his back a little bit. Now, Graham's upper body comes back, but he's already kicked it. Um, so I don't think that affects the pass back to the keeper. I think there is a good shout that that should have been... You know, the ref might have... Could have pulled that back for a free kick. But obviously the... I, I mean, bet that, that would have been so soft... I think it would have been soft, yeah. I think it's you, you can make the argument, and I think Aloha fans are really going pretty hard on that. But yeah. you know, other, other way around, I think they would have been raging if their oh, forward yeah. get penalised for that. It's just a bit of a tussle, yeah. which I think is kind of fair enough. Um, that you can see the goalkeeper is raging with himself um, when it's given. He's yeah. going absolutely mental. You, you don't see it that often because there's, there's so many games that you think that could be classed as a pass back and then the refs don't give it and then we, we get it, an indirect free kick. And I've got to say, that was one of the best worked indirect yeah. free kicks I've ever yeah. seen and that's no hyperbole here. It's like that, if they have practised that and that was all drawn up, great. Seen... If it was called on the spot, fucking hell. Have you seen Bay's interview yet? Have you actually no. seen Ramos' interview? No. Um, basically said that he was using his experience and that he's like, look, he was like, you very, very rarely score from there. Mm. And he said he instructed Connell to stand when he was standing. So that that all came from Ryan Wallace. 
right. If, if, um, if you look, wow. if you look, like I said it right at the time. That is probably one of the best spots to get an indirect free kick from, because it's far enough away that uh, it it was almost ten yards away for the line. So all the Alloa players have to be back on the line, but you still get that bit of space. Because sometimes if you're too close, you're like five yards away for the wall. But we were actually had that bit, that little bit of distance back, which means you can do something like that. But it was very, very well worked. Oh. And I'm quite surprised that Aloha gave Connell so much space. They were so fixated yeah. on the shot coming in. Well, they all um, rushed as one. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously I knew who had scored before watching the highlights. And I'm looking at the free kick set up and I'm like, oh, this must bounce off somebody and just fall to him to tuck mm. away. And then I watched it about three or four times. I was like, wow, this is just fantastic. But it's shocking defending by Aloha because to a man, they're just like, charge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like wide open. But just, just the, the, for, for, yeah, the foresight <laughs> though. And he did, yeah, yeah, he did the simple stuff this time. He didn't try and be fancy. But just I the foresight to think of that. Oh. Yeah, it was very good. Clever. Because so many times they're wasted and it's like a, just a mm. pointless thing, as you say, because it is closer. But, I mean, I had 2-1 lead at half-time. I think I had woke up just as... Actually, it was probably just at half-time because the sending off hadn't taken place yet. And I was just checking Twitter and I said, like, oh, I'll just go back to sleep for a bit. Um, I mean, fantastic turnaround. At that point, honestly, did you think we were going to hold on or did you not see a win coming? I did. I, th- I thought... I thought we deserved to be in front. I thought we were the better team and I thought we've got a very good chance of going on and winning it. You're still a little bit... Um, there's a little bit of caution there, but I thought we deserved to be ahead. And so you're like, yep, we can go and win this one. So second half, the other big turning point in the game, Aloha down to 10 men. Ewan Henderson sent off, foul on Jude Smith. And when I first saw it, it's like, oh, yes, yeah, a foul. I think I sent it off, so a little bit harsh. But, yeah, he catches him straight in the face. It's a kick to the face. He's, he's, he's full-on volleyed him straight in the face. Yeah. Has to be a red card. Yeah. I mean, Jude did so well to get up from that. I'd, I'd be like, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about the refereeing yesterday is I did kind of feel he was given the decisions to whoever shouted the loudest. Mm. Um, there was a, there was definitely a bit of that, but like I say, we've had some honking refs this this season and last season, to be fair as well. So it was good to see some of the stuff go away. But he got that bang on, it absolutely bang on. Although from my absolutely awful eyesight, I thought it was um, Daniel Church, and I was giving him stinking <laughs> and Daniel Church, and then he ran past me, and I was like, well, it wasn't him. <laughs> Um, so it looks similar, yeah. Same shit haircut, so yeah. <laughs> um, I was a bit like, oh well. But then I don't know if you've seen, but when Henderson walks off, he's like, there's a fan obviously giving him it tight, and he's going for the fan. And I was like, oh, this is great. They're imploding right in front of our eyes. Um, wow. It was it was honestly beautiful to watch. Alor, I feel a, a club. I'm sort of like ambivalent towards, and I'm a bit like, Meh. Mm. like who really cares? But the behaviour of their chavy away fans. Yeah. It really brought on that like sort of I hope you get pumped. It, it was the time. first it was the first game in ages where like when we've scored, I've just like turned straight to their fans and got it right up them. Like, yeah. I've not done that for ages. Um and because yeah. a lot of teams, like you say, you don't care that much. Like, you know, if you score against Wraith, it's like straight to their fans. Yeah. But it was just the behaviour of their fans. It was like, yeah. Yeah. That that is something I miss so much. 
yeah. home away whatever if the if you're right beside the opposition support and you score it's like forget the celebration straight to the fence or whatever that's like, like elgin be- elgin yeah, oh yeah elgin is fantastic for that Oh, Berwick was always good as well, which was so crazy because the gate was open and you could just walk through, but you're all up at the fence <laughs> and this thing. I remember an away game up at Elgin and my cousin Andrew, he was based up in Lossie at the time. So he like, came to the game with us and like we'd obviously been bevying on the train the whole way. And Elgin, I think we went 1-0 up and then they equalised and their fans were giving us it like stinking, absolutely stinking. Gordon's going to know the game I'm talking about and we score... We're like either a minute to go or an injury time, and I scaled that fence like this. Yeah, was that the one where was it Kevin Gordon? Kevin Gordon, yeah, got the late one. Yeah. yeah, we were walking through, we were we were like we were so deflated after that equalizer, we were like walking past the Elgin fans as that goal went in. So, like, oh, fucking mental right in the middle of the Elgin fans. Yeah. I always remember that because they yeah. were really gobby that game. Like, yeah, really... like literally scaled defense. <laughs> like, I was Spider Man. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> guy was like giving me like death threats. The whole like, because I, I remember that like, obviously I could say this now as a, a, a quite a large gentleman, but he was like Cartman fat. Um, and he was giving me absolutely stinking. So that that was a great away day memory, actually. That, that was when you said that there about the fence. Uh, that was, that was the three-two win down at Gretna as well, because Gretna was another good little grind for having the fans right up against you and stuff. And it's oh, fantastic. I remember being down at Gretna, and we're getting lots of stick from the fans. And it was just after Goldie looking chain had released your mother's got a penis. And none of you guys had heard the song. I just went, your mother's got a penis. Folk are like looking at me like, what the, what the <laughs> f- why is he shouting that at those kids? But anyway, the fun tales that I can't do anymore over here. Um, right. After that, I, I would say like there's a lot of positives to take from this game from an East Five point of view. But I think one of the big negatives after that, or at least how the Aloha highlights showed it, so you can tell me if this isn't the case, if kind of felt like, Aloha then we allowed them to dominate and have the ball and take over and we didn't go for that killer third which against a better team I think they would have got an equaliser but I suppose you don't know if that's maybe an instruction from Crawford after that's happened because I think that you can tend to see teams try to go for the jugular in that situation and then leave yourself exposed at the back so maybe maybe Crawford's basically just basically yeah yeah Actually, of course, how the goal came, but yeah, yeah, that's obviously what we've done, and and whether that's come from Crawford's instruction or what. But I mean, they were pressing forward and pressing forward. I mean, they've got they've got some really good players, like the B boy Scoogle is is a is a good player, and Henderson before he gets sent off, good player. Um, the big guy is it Niang that plays mm-hmm. for them, um, is a decent player as well. So you're kind of constantly like, right, okay, they're going to threaten us here, but. I thought Higgins again, you know, probably man of the match yesterday, um, or or up there with, with somebody like Ryan Moss, brilliant, so assured at the back. Well, I mean, um, defensively, has, we've definitely turned a corner, a hundred percent. But also, I mean, I, I don't know if you've got this in your notes, but Higgins could have seen a red yesterday as well. Oh, I, I didn't ref, have that. Um, I think that the ref, if probably bottled that, his feet were off the ground, studs were showing. He takes the ball definitely, but I've seen refs give reds oh, for that. Oh, that was the two-footed tackle. Yes, yes um, definitely yeah. could have gave that. Um, but 
apart from that, I mean, they had chances, but I wouldn't say any of them were clear cut. I don't remember Jude having to make a save, although he had a couple of really shaky moments uh, when he I came. Uh, yeah, he literally folded like a deck chair when he came out to collect it. It was quite weird, but I mean, he's probably got a banging headache after being Aye, kicked in little. the face. So I'm going to give him a bye. Not a bye kick, just a bye for um, for some dodgy goalkeeping a couple of times yesterday. But I didn't really feel that Alma were a big threat. Do you want to know what was actually great yesterday? Was we sh- we did to Alma what other teams did to us and kind of sucker punched them with that goal, the third one that we got, where they were really pressing forward and the pace of Darren Watson. Literally every time he got the ball, I turned Tyler and I was going me me. <laughs> he just he is rapid, by the way. Um, he ran so fast that I actually didn't even think I seen his feet touch the ground. Um, him and Healy, I mean, are both seriously, seriously quick. And it's what 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 actually annoys me about that though is see last week when they were up against Johnny Page and Mark Doherty, neither of them could turn quicker than milk. Why didn't we use that pace last week um, where we really should have went out and got three points against Clyde? But let's not turn a, a positive into a negative. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we did a pretty good job at that third goal. It was very well worked. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, was the, it was the quick counter. It was a really good breakaway. It was a good team goal. Again, it was horrible. Alawa defending. I know you're a man down and you're pushing for the equaliser, but the space that Danny Denham got... Mm-hmm. At the back of the box where that ball came through. Again, all the Alawa players just seem to go towards the ball. It's it was yeah. shocking marking. I mean I mean Denham was just on and like you're saying, I think Alawa really they threw everything at us. When they went the man down, they still kinda kept three up front and they, they were putting everything forward. And I think we really were right, keep it a bit tight and hit them on the counter. Denham so they were they were up and down the park all the time and you could you could tell it was a bit of a case of you know, if they tire before they get the goal, that's it. And Denham had just come on. And you can see, even as seeing the highlights, Denham is just absolutely motoring up the park. Um, so, aye, the, the Aloha, I'd imagine there was a few tired legs there and we've just we've managed to pick them off. So, fantastic 3-1 win. So, not only our first win since October and our first goals of the year, but an away win. It's like an even another rare thing. Any other positives that you want to talk about from the game that we've not covered so far? Or, or negatives? I think that if there's a few players that deserve a shout out and it's one that I've given, for his first half performance certainly, it's one I've given a lot of grief is Ryan Blair. First half yesterday, he was really, really good. Some of I think his through ball was what got us the, the penalty. I could be wrong. Um, sorry, the, his free kick got us the penalty. Um, and I think the second through ball was maybe for Connell's pass back. Um, oh, for the miss as well. He, um, he put I, a, really good, a really good ball in where Connell missed that chance. Yeah. So it's good to, to see maybe some of what Crawford kind of seen in him, but he still needs to do it over two halves because I think he, he looked pretty much out of it in the second game I don't really remember him getting a kick in the a kick of the ball although his first cross yesterday he played a low driven cross which I'm hoping was intentional because if not I was genuinely close to leaping the barrier um, at him not beating his first man from a set piece again um, apart from that I, I, I know we're going to 
probably talk about it in our three to ones. But Wallace was excellent yesterday. He just looked so much back to his best coming in, uh, coming in deep to to pick up the ball. Every pass, every decision he made yesterday was the right one, um, and it just looked like he had that bit between his teeth. It, it, it really did. Um, so it was good to see him back. And like I say, for him to get a goal, Connell to get a goal, um, both of whom, obviously, as your strikers, you want to see find the net. I mean, if that's Ryan Wallace's yeah. first goal of the season. Um, so really, hopefully, that's just the start of us maybe putting together a couple of results. I mean, hopefully. But equally, a lot of strikers are streaky. And they need that confidence. And it's like once they get that goal, they start to go on a bit of a run. If they could both do it, fantastic. But either one of them, if we can just get some goals out of them now and keep it tight at the back like we're doing, because defensively, we're looking so much better. We've got some tough games coming up as well, which is not going to make it easy. I mean, we're at home at Queen's Park, so that's a home game. So if we can capitalise on this now, and I know it's a big if and... We've been here before over the course of the season, but Falkirk away, Montrose away after that are two horrible matches. We've got to try and get something out of next Saturday and build on this now. If, yeah. we've, we've done well against Queen's Park this year. Yeah, and I mean, they, they draw a lot of games. I think for, for these games coming up, for me, a big thing is, is hope is not to lose ground. Because I think after these games, we've got a few games against the teams ahead yeah. of us. So if we can just, you know, even if we're not winning a lot of these games or picking up a huge amount of points, if we can kind of keep within that within that six points or maybe even decrease it a little bit, if we can go in to that run of games against the teams above us kind of within touch and distance, then that that's going to be big. Um, yeah. But we've got oh, to have some hope and we've got to keep it yeah. close and tight yeah. for that to happen. If, if mm. I mean, the games are running out. But we'll, we'll come to this in a sec. Let's get your three to ones. Let's round this off. So, Gordon, we'll start with you. So that oh, doesn't get them all. <laughs> this is um, a really, really tough one in a nice way. Um, mm. I think three's got to be Ryan Wallace. Um, set up two goals, scored a goal, just played really well. We were just saying last week, you know, you don't, well, we were saying he wasn't he wasn't really as good as he we expect of him, but he was back to his best yesterday. After that, honestly, there's half a dozen, maybe more players that you could easily put in there. I've given the two to Dunlop. Um, obviously, we've kind of said from the corner um, he lost his man there. But I thought after that he was fantastic. Um, I've given the one to Ryan Blair. Um, agree, maybe dropped a wee bit off in the second half, but he was fantastic in the first. Um, again, a player that we've kind of criticised a bit, um, but I thought he was excellent yesterday. And there's a whole host of players. Connell could have been in there. Watson, Higgins, Steele, all could have been. That's what you want to hear. One. It's like yeah. you you want that. You want to know that this whole team is fighting for stuff and putting in performances. I mean, that's just pleasing, pleasing to hear. What about yourself, Lee? Three points has to be Ryan, mm. um, and I think I've given him enough praise to without going anymore into it. Without breaching your res- restraining order. Yeah, um, talismanic was probably the, the best way that I could um, give him the credit for that. Um, I'm going to give 
different um, two and one. Um, I think to not give Aaron Steele or Chris Higgins any points, um, because I've been so hard on Aaron, I'm going to give him the two because um, I, I felt like he'd really dropped off um, since Crawford came in. Uh, but yesterday he was resolute. He was he was strong. His passing was good. Um, he, he just looked confident. Um, so he's getting my two and my one points. Chris Higgins again. I could have easily given either one of them the three. To be honest, um, any of them the three points, which is great. It's so nice to come on here and be positive. It's so nice to yep. come on here and have nice things to say. I was it's looking forward to the show today. Yeah, it's me like, too. It was like yes, me too. Um, you know. I, I actually almost feel like listening to Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now um, <laughs> by the Smiths um, before I come on to the, the show most weeks. But this week, it, it was great. I was almost listening to uh, Dancing to Apon because I was coming up the stairs by Vampire Weekend. There's two songs for you to listen to. Um, but no, it was great. Really, really good. Um, there was one thing that I do want to touch on before we move on and proper captain's behaviour from Chris Higgins yesterday. And at times, I feel like we've really lacked a leader. Um, if we don't have Kev Smith on the park or if we don't have maybe a Chris Higgins in the right mindset or if it's maybe just not had a good game but when we won yesterday a lot of the fans congregated um, down towards the, the pitch and he was straight over clapping the fans and shouting come on you've seen how much it meant to a few of the players and that was brilliant it was, it was the first time this season that I've really seen that how much they cared because I'll be honest with you at times I've, I've questioned that yeah. maybe not on the show but I, I have really questioned if they were hurting like we were hurting and yes they showed me particularly from Chris Higgins they have been hurting as much as they've been hurting because you could see how much it meant to him you really could um, and he was shouting at players to get over and applaud them I'll be honest I was very disappointed not to see Stevie Crawford over to us and I, I, something about me doesn't sit Right with that, I mean they were obviously they were obviously at the other end of the pitch, him, Greg McDonald and stuff. But when win like that, you really want to see a collective and the entire squad straight over and and showing your appreciation to the fans. How many times yeah. do managers go over though? Like because when you see it on the telly, they're usually just ushering the players over, and the managers don't actually go over themselves. Well, when we've waited for a win as long as we have, with the volume of fans that we took yesterday. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying I'm like butter about it or anything. I just, I think it would have been a nice to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Show, show Maybe he doesn't want to, to feel, because he knows that we're still in a in a shit. And it's like, maybe he feels like this is just one but, win. I'm just making it, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, play devil's advocate, that's totally fine. But equally, there's been a lot of great post-match commentary from from Stevie Crawford and he spoke a lot of sense mm. I like him a lot he's the person that I championed for the role I've, I've defended him a lot recently to people that have said that we should have stuck with Darren Young um, you know I've, I've defended him and said I still think he'll be the right man for the job he needs the time to assemble his own squad get a stamp on it I think it's definitely taken him longer than he thought it would have but I don't know I think that for how tough it's been for us I'd have liked to have seen you know that sort of Chris Higgins' mentality come directly from the management team and be straight over to us, you know, a bit of togetherness, you know, stick with us, lads, whatever, you know, it could just be me. And obviously, our listeners, you tell us what you think as well, if, if that's just a Lee thing or whatever, but 
I don't know, I would have liked to maybe have seen a, a show of respect. Because, I mean, it, with the weather yesterday, how cold it was, how rainy it was, how windy it was, it would have been a, very easy for a lot of fans to go. And the fact that it was 18 quid to go, I'm not making the effort today. And the fact that we did, and in a decent number, I think that that probably should have been appreciated maybe a wee bit more. Yeah, I see what he's saying. I don't. I think it's something. It's not something I kind of picked up on, or or have too much of a negative view on. I think there could be a lot of things he could have just taken this attitude of kind of well, you know, let the players go over sort of thing. And it'll be a relief for him as well. By God, it'll be a relief. Oh, for him. yeah. Like I, I, I don't take it as a kind of you know a, like a. I, I don't take it in a bad way that he's not he's not done that. Uh, like I say, I, I don't either. And I want to make that totally clear. Like, I just think, I would, like I say, it's, it's like when you, you get up on Christmas, it's like, that would have been a nice to have. It wasn't a need. Mm, yeah. But it would have been a nice to have or a nice to see, personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Rachel in a Santa suit. <laughs> I just made one <laughs> choke on his drink. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a few comments that are definitely not safe for air, so I'll, I'll just keep that to myself. <laughs> Right, looking at the table after that, obviously we are still adrift at the bottom, but six points between us and Peterhead, they do have two games in hand. The table is so weird just now, because like we're on 18, you've got Peterhead on 24 with their two games in hand, and then the, the teams directly above that, they've all played 25 games like us, so it's Alloa on 25, Dumbarton on 26, and Clyde and 30. So, how, why I'm finding this interesting is you could even look to Falkirk at 32 and depending on how their season goes for the, the run-in, they could get drawn into a relegation dogfight for, say, the relegation playoffs, probably not, obviously, straight relegation, or they could be safe and challenging for promotion. Clyde, they get a win yesterday that now... Oh, sorry, they didn't get I mean, They lost yesterday, but they had a good run before that that had kind of got them on the outside of the playoff picture. So there was only three games yesterday. Our one, Dumbarton, big win over Clyde, who got a red card as well in that one. And then Airdrie beat Montrose 4-1. You look at the, the teams directly above us, Peterhead, Alloa, Dumbarton. Any of them could get drawn into a relegation dogfight for the the relegation playoff spot, realistically, could we catch any or all of these teams? Well, if they go on a bad run, we can. That win for Dumbarton was a, a big one for them. I mean, when, when you look at it, what, what's your thoughts on it, Gordon? I think any of them, Dumbarton, Aloha, Peterhead, are potentially catchable. All of them is, is a stretch because you're looking at all three of them pretty much being pretty poor yeah because the they're going to be playing each other as well yeah but I mean at least one of those teams is not going to pick up a huge number of points mm. between now and the end of the season so if we pick up a decent number then we can catch at least one of those teams you look at Peterhead last five games two points yeah um, but then the games before that they'd shot up the table yeah and it's like what the heck this is such a weird league this year I mean there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of draws in the league this year. Like teams at the bottom have not generally been consistently good. 
And there's always usually one or two teams who are on a really bad run. So if we can put together a bit of form, get a few wins, I think someone, whether it's Dumbarton, Aloha, Peterhead, is there to be caught. Now, looking at Aloha yesterday, they did not look up to much. You know, the, you look through their team and you think, ah, they've got a few good players there, but they're not playing well and they don't look. You know, their fans are now worried about relegation. Um, I think clearly Dumbarton, Aloha and Peterhead, Clyde have got that bit of a cushion. You know, they've lost good Willie and we'll see how that affects them. Um, but certainly those three, Dumbarton, Aloha, Peterhead, at least one of them is catchable. I, I, yeah. I was going to raise that point, Lee. Like, how how bad are Aloha? Because you spoke about what a good front line they've got, and they do. And they've got some good players in that team. Is it just they need a change? And, like, putting aside your Barry Ferguson hatred, is it just that they need a change that can have a manager that can bring the best out of this? How long do they leave that for? Because you no, leave Barry that must too stay. long. Barry <laughs> must stay. Yeah, right now I'm in the Barry must stay bandwagon. If he's not getting results out of this, these players, then you've got to question why. Look, I'm going to probably be going to have people shouting at me through their headphones and stuff. I think that we need to rein it in a bit. It's one way. We, we do get carried right. away in a win. Yes, and I'm not going to do that this time because it's something I'm very guilty of. Let's not get carried away. It's I way. usually don't, but I have this time. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a lot of points. It's a lot of ground to be made up. Yeah, I don't see it personally, but look, it is possible. Anything's possible in football. I mean, who would think that Arbroath would be top of the the championship? Who would think that Leicester would win the Premier League? It's it's definitely possible. The one thing that's important to me is that the team seem more of a team. And you know, I, do I think that we would have done what we did yesterday under Darren Young? No, I don't. Right, I really, really don't. Um, so Crawford, whatever him and Greg are doing, they're making positive change. We're becoming more of a we're defending as a unit. We're we're doing well, but let's take it one game at a time. We play Queens Park next week. Who failed to beat us this season? Um, you know, really that last game we played them uh, through for Hill, we pumped them the entire match, mm-hmm. um, and they scored. We obviously scored late on to equalise. The game at home uh, where Liam Watts scored a world day from outside the box. Um, they scored in the second half and again, a draw is probably a fair result. We need, if, we, if we've got any hope, we need four points out of the next nine available. And do yeah, I see I that? I think that's fair. If we do that, you'll get me back in the We Believe camp. If we end up with one or none, I can't see it. Well, I mean, I don't see us taking anything at Falkirk, I've got to say. And, of course, they've now why, added... But why, though? But why, though, right? It's right, because, well, they, they just banged three they, goals they, in midweek and they've added Lee Griffiths, who, for whatever you think of him for off-the-pitch stuff, he it should Falkirk light are it one up of the in this worst division. teams I've seen this season, Michael. And I'm not joking when I say that. They are not a good side. But they they, they're under the new give... management. They've got Dowd scoring. Although, I have read some... Folk aren't overly enthused by Martin Rennie. I didn't know that Rennie's only been appointed to the end of the season. Yeah. So he's um, got a lot to prove as well if he wants to keep he, this. He does, right. But I've seen Falkirk now, what, twice this season? Maybe even three times this season. Who knows? They 
didn't look an amazing side when we played them. They, they, they kind of flatter to deceive a lot. Um, they, they give you the impression they're a good side, but they're definitely beatable. Um, Montrose are the team out of the next three games that I can't see us getting any points from. I think that if we've got any chance of points, we've got a chance of sneaking a win against Queen's Park. Now, you look yeah. at that league table and you think, mm, no, there's not. But I genuinely think there's a chance of sneaking three points at home to, to Queen's Park, a team that aren't playing well. Queen's um, Park's got... only got seven wins for the season. They've got 14 draws. So, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that, although they also just have three defeats, which is <laughs> joint best in the division. So, yeah. I mean, that could go either way. They've got... Wait, oh... they... Well, Montrose are third. Montrose are above Queen's Park and Falkirk, and Montrose yeah. are what thirteen points ahead of Falkirk. They're a better team. Yeah, and, and away, they've had away, ten draws. Away, away to Montrose is objectively the toughest of those three because Montrose are a better team. Yeah. Um, when was the last time we won at Links? Seriously, oh God, it has bound to be a long, long time. time, right? So I'll I'll finish my my train of thought. We've got a chance against Queen's Park next week. They're not the side they were at. They're still manager manage list. They've got long staff, I think, sent off yesterday as well. We've got a chance again um, against them on Saturday. If we win that and we get a point at either Montrose or at, um, at Falkirk, then we have every chance. We get a goal early on. The Falkirk fans are toxic oh, as hell. Yeah. Right? So we get a point um, or get a goal early on there's every chance. The last few times that we've went through to uh, Falkirk's Grounds, Brockville, is it? That yeah. was the old one. I don't know what they call it. Is it new Brockville? Or? Falkirk Bulk Stadium, Bulk actually. Oh. Um, so if we get a chance, if we get a, 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 an early goal there, then there's every chance. I don't now watch us go and get pumped 4 0 there, and I'll prove once again what I know about football is absolutely nothing. Um, but there's, I think that if we can get four points, then I'll, I'll maybe start to believe. I've totally accepted the fact that we're down, right? So I think that if anything other than that is a plus for me. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But three points on Saturday would give us a real good chance. I think the, the, the big thing is, like, you know, the performance, the performance yesterday was good. You carry that performance through in the next games. Now, we could play like that and not beat Queen's Park. We could play like that and not beat Falkirk. We could play like that and not beat Montrose. But if you keep, if you, you know, if we, if we can keep that level of performance up, we can keep things tight at the back. We can keep the sort of, you know, the general quality of how we've been playing up, and we can start scoring a few goals. Then you're looking at these games going. You know, we're in with a chance of getting something. Whereas, you know, when when we've been playing shit and not scoring goals and leaking goals, you're looking at those three games going, you know, maybe a draw against Queen's Park, and but that's about it. But you know, you know, and it's a big if, you know, the if in these sentences are carrying a lot of weight. If you can keep mm. that level of performance up, then we're in with a chance of getting something for Queen's Park. We're in with a chance of getting something for Falkirk. Away at Lynx Park, always very, very tough. I, I think you go into that game with lower expectations, but I think it's that thing of, you know, if if you can pick up a few points here and there, and I agree, four points would be a good target for those games. And if Dumbarton, Allo, or Peterhead, at least one or two of them kind of struggle in their next games, then you go into that easier run of games knowing that 
if you can get a good few wins there, you could be off bottom. Now this is this is like best case scenario, and yeah, you you can't watch East Fife for twenty five games a season where we've won four of them and go, oh, I think I think we're going to get out of this. But it's there. You you can do it. Now, even if you look at Cowden Beef, the league that, uh, below, they're about a similar sort of distance, I think, behind nine. Now, I don't look at them and go, they're done. They're done. That's them in the loan league. I look at it and go, if they can pick up a wee bit of form, at least one of the teams above them is probably going to be pretty shit from now until the end of the season. So they're not they're not done yet. It will take a bit of a turnaround. But if they can turn it around a wee bit, then you know they're not they're not dead and buried yet. But I think when it's you, your team, you tend to look at it and go, nah, because we've been watching these five full yeah. season. But it's it's there. It's, it will be tough. It will be very tough even to get ninth. But it, the opportunity to do it is there, um, and hopefully, the players and everyone have got a, a wee bit more confidence now that you can go and do it. It's probably better to expect the worst but hope for the best. Because if the three yeah. games coming up after the three that we've talked about are Dumbarton, Clyde and Alloa. Yeah. And that, if that's you're, the big if you're thing, in a run yeah. of form by then... But, if, if, if we're six, five, six points behind after those games, that's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a lot of ifs. But, mm. like, if, if we can keep our head when all about us are losing theirs... And blaming it on themselves. If we can trust ourselves when all men doubt us, but make allowance for their doubting too. If we can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about. Don't deal in lies or being hated. Don't give way to hating. If we can dream and not make dreams our master. I won't go through the rest of the Kipling poem, but yeah, someone should rewrite that. I just got that in my head. <laughs> to also, made really, also made really good apple pies. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, he makes exceedingly good cakes I, I will say that about him I'm just trying to, to make us a bit more highbrow Lee on the show we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes yeah we can't say eyebrow Gordon I'll get pink eye okay. hey. <laughs> last thing to talk about League One obviously the, the big addition to League One this week was Lee Griffiths going to Falkirk um, like £1,500 a week Shows you what we're up against in this league. Um, you know, that gets us five, six players. Um, and they're, they're splashing it all on him. A view for the terrace got it bang on this week. He will score goals for fun in this league. Yeah. Or um, he should. Theoretically. You, you have to look at Good Willie. Again, just from the footballing aspect and what he did in this league. And Lee Griffiths yeah. is a hell of a lot better player than David Goodwillie. Yeah. On a better team, say, potentially, it's, it's, too. Yeah, I would also say that David Goodwillie has a better attitude than Lee Griffiths. Um, mm. and, and Lee Griffiths' ability is... I mean, you, you only have to look at the two goals he scored for for Scotland against England. You know, I'll, I'll always oh, yeah. love him for them. Um, but, I mean, his his ability is undoubted. His attitude and work ethic is is another thing. And, look, he he should be treating this as a chance to put himself in the shop window... Um, and, well, it's a and, risk because if he doesn't perform in the third tier, folk yeah. will say, "What's well, his career yeah. done?" I know, but he's also going to be claiming six grand a month. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I'm sure he'll dry his eyes at that. But look, I, undoubtedly a, a good signing, um, regardless of what he's done, um, allegedly or whatever. Um, is 
he's a good footballer and him and Dowds and um is no Keena left, didn't he? He's away. Sure. Keena, I think he went back to Ireland, but um Ruth, I mean, you know, I, they've got they've got a good side. Anton Dowds <laughs> must never have thought in his life he was gonna play in up front with Lee Griffiths. No. I mean he um, he could learn so much from him. Yeah. I mean he I mean he'll be in his element. He'll be in absolutely his element. I mean, from a footballing sense to to be able to play with somebody like him will be brilliant for Anton. So um, I, I yeah. want to, I'm going to reveal something here about Lee Griffiths that some folk might not know. Lee's looking worried. I am. <laughs> the libel <laughs> case is impending. <laughs> I've been instructed by my lawyer. <laughs> Redacted. Yeah. No, um, Lee Griffiths, the Vancouver Whitecaps tried to sign him a few years back. And in MLS, they've got something called discovery rights, where every year teams can say oh we we want first dibs if Messi comes to MLS like at the start of every season every team can put in five discovery right players so Houston Owen Coyle was their manager and they had discovery rights on Lee Griffiths but Carl Robinson our manager wanted to sign Lee Griffiths when he was at Wolves and not getting a game and Owen Coyle was like well no because we've got discovery rights on him but we don't want to sign him, but we don't want you getting him. So they came to a deal that neither would sign him, so they, they passed on that. But he could have been over here in MLS about four or five years ago. That's mental. Mm. That's, it's bound to be more than four or five years ago. I'm thinking that's like nine years ago. Is that, I can't because, remember Owen Coyle. Well, I mean, th- think about how many... Um, yeah, that I'll, I'll be interested to find that out because I, I can't remember how long ago... Lee Griffiths was at Wolves. It was a long time ago. Well, Robbo was, he took over in 2013, so it'd probably be 2013 or 14, actually. Yeah, he, he, he was at, move from. He was at, yeah, from 11 to, uh, 2011 to 2014, so yeah, eight years ago. Aye, so it would have been 2014. So we could have had him then, and it'd be interesting to see what his career trajectory mm. would have been. I also, yeah. because Vancouver's a very politically correct city, and with stuff that's been going on with him, I, I don't, no, to be fair, the stuff, the stuff with Griffiths is is all recent. Allegedly, with Griffiths is is, is all recent. So oh, I'm I'm more talking about like he's he's had a lot of different children with different partners. <laughs> yeah, he likes his jam roll, doesn't yeah. Griffiths? To be fair, because um, I because mean, uh, Robinson always talked about good ca- character family guys was who he wanted to bring to the team, and then he said to me, that, "This isn't public knowledge. It's just something he revealed to me years ago when we were chatting." He said, oh, we might be, might be signing someone that you're like from Scotland. I was like, who's like Lee Griffiths? I'm like, what? Mm. <laughs> yeah, good player. I mean, his mm. his record for Celtic was more, I think he scored like 90 goals in 170 games or something like that. His record for Hibs was like one and two. Mm. So yeah. he should score goals for fun at this level if he's fit. Um, well, it wasn't that long ago we were saying, I think we talked about it on our show, but other folk did as well, like get it back in the Scotland setup. Mm. I don't think he's that good. Oh, never, no, yeah. never. No, not now. No. Um, he's, he's, he's one of the, you know, there's all that group of players that came through at Hibs in the sort of in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I know Griffith is the kind of generation after that. But, you know, you think it's the same with him. Huge talent, but attitude. Terrible attitude. You know, you look at players like Derek Ryden, um, Gary, Gary O'Connor. Mm. Obviously, Scott Brown came through and he has. You know he's kind of you know, 
fulfilled the potential he had, but he was potentially the least talented of those players. Yeah, um, I'm sure know, it was. Who was it that said that? We had somebody in the show that said that. Tam McManus. Tam McManus. Ah, he would have been McManus, there at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was Tam that said that, yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on for sure. We'll finish the show in a little bit talking about Kev Smith and the testimonial that's coming up. But before we do that, I just want to have a very, very quick chat about a couple of things with the Scottish Cup that took part this weekend. Now, Peter Head are playing on Monday night. Kind of want them to beat Dundee and be involved in a cup run, which all because <laughs> they've got these games that will then be building up. And that is right now the team that's right above us in the table. So that would be good. But I, I wanted to ask you guys, I haven't paid too much attention to a lot of the championship aside from like our broth and Kilmarnock and stuff like that. So I haven't been watching all the games on a Friday night. Has Partick Thistle's pitch been that bad all season? Because that was a fucking disgrace. Yeah. Well, you've got to remember oh. Queen's Park are playing there as well. Oh, yeah. of course. I forgot so about that. It's, it's not getting any break, but the, the pitch was honking when we played Queen's Park away in November, December time. Because mm. um, I was borderline whether that game should have been on yesterday, I thought. Yeah. So thankfully, we've got Queen's Park at home on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I don't know what um, what's happening and how Lesser Handen's taken so it's taken ages. long. Or if it's I'm COVID stuff, ready. maybe delayed stuff or. Ah, it's all the doors, so I've just been lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the part, Partick's pitch is horrendous. Before we move on, though, I was I, I wrote something down. Um, as a wee discussion point for all the people that were singing Darren Young's praises. Now, Darren, great guy, but I've, I've had a little look at his record since he went in. So Darren Young took over Stirling on the 20th of December, right? And from then, um, the, the, his first game was against Elgin City, and they lost 1-0. They then beat Stenhouse Muir um, 2-1. But since then, they've lost 3-0 to Kelty, drew 3-0 with Stranra, got beat 4-0 by Rangers, 0-0 with Annan, and got beat 1-0 by Edinburgh City. So not so much luck for our, our former manager. But when we have a look at that table, in actual fact, it's not looking too great for Stirling Albion. Um, oh. They're sitting 7th place on 26 points. Um, and just... Four points ahead of Albion Rovers in nine. Yeah, and Cowden Beast closed the gap on Albion Rovers as well. That could be a very interesting end of the season. Uh, if yeah. Cowden can start stringing a couple of results together, because they, they did get a win two games ago, I think it was. But it's like if they could start picking points up, the teams above them are going to be starting to shit themselves. A little, mm. a little bit nervous, yeah. Yep. Could you imagine a club like Sterling though going out of the league? That would just be insanity. Oh, yeah. Like Albion Rovers or Cowden Beast are kind of like. Yeah, they've but, been teetering on the brink for a while, but to be honest, like are Sterling like a prestigious club? I probably just think of them during that nineties run. Yeah. I mean they, in they, the Archibald they, season and I mean they've been in like the championship or division one like at least a couple of times that I can remember, which you know, for a part time club I mean if over the past twenty twenty five years you've been in you've been at Championship level two or three times. That probably, I mean, that that puts you kind of in a select but group. I'd say. If we think about Stirling, though, right? Like Stirling's a, a, a massive catchment area, and they, they don't get a big fan base. No. If you think about if you think about St Johnston, right? Perth only city, uh, only 
big team in the city. Falkirk, only big team in the city. Both of them will get a much bigger fan base than Still and Albion will get. They, they, they should be a bigger club than they are. Yeah, is there, but I is think... there a lot of it? Is the uni and stuff like that? Is it Sterling a wee bit inflated by folk that are never I, really going? That was one of the things I was going to say because it's like it's a kind of transient population for part of it. But you also have the fact of where they... It's because of where they're situated in the catchment area. They are so easy to jump on a train to Glasgow, jump on a train to Edinburgh, even jump on a train up to Dundee or whatever. There's a lot of clubs around if, if folk I mean, want a higher level of football. I mean, if you want to talk big big towns that do not support their team at all, Albion Rovers. Coatbridge yeah. is massive. Coatbridge is bigger than Kirkcaldy, I think. It's one of the how many of them go to Airdrie? How many of them go Medio, to Celtic and yeah? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't imagine. Well, it's maybe being a bit stereotypical, but I imagine Coatbridge is quite a big Celtic. Supporter. Yeah, I think that's the Celtic and just, town, and then Airdrie's the the Rangers one. Is it not Albion? Is it not in Coatbridge where? Um, oh no, it's not there. But there's a place in Glasgow where the ASDA had to have like a different coloured letters. Is it not Lark Hall or some one of these towns? Oh, they they, they, they painted all the the uh, things blue the green, and kind of uh, green barriers so, like, and fencing and stuff. A, oh. Subway had to be black and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, that's when it just becomes ridiculous. Oh god! Yeah. I, I, one thing I forgot to mention when we we're talking Scottish Cup. So watching the Arbroath game today, which I mean they did well, fair credit to them. But you you watch the crowd there. And you're thinking, Massive. how can they have that crowd and they're not allowed to have a Premier game there, but they can have a big cup game there? Yeah. I will say, though, like in the cup, but... yeah. we received some mail. I can't remember who it was from. It was maybe Craig Brown that said, apparently, Arbroath have been told that they will be able to play at Gayfield next season. Oh, that's good. good. The, the thing that lets them down, and it's let it down when we've been going, is their toilet facilities are shocking because folk would just go behind the, the terrace and have a piss. And if you want a pie, that pie stall, it was like one pie stall, but they've they've addressed that. Burger I saw, van, yeah. yeah, I saw little things around today. But their toilet facilities, because I saw the five or six green porta potties in the Hibs end, and I thought, for the parties? What do we call them in Scotland now? I don't know. Portaloo. Oh, Portaloo then. Porta potties. Um, I thought they'll be in a fucking horrendous state by the end of that game. Typical yeah. glory days ago, they're having another wee pop at our bros. Yeah. Oh, we'll get another. We'll get another message in. I was sticking oh. up for them last week. It's Lee that hates them. Oh, it's, um, I don't hate it, them. <laughs> I, I do. I do enjoy it. I wrote that you can just walk behind the wall for a pish. Yeah. Yeah. So how many times have you been there though and been splashed by a wave? <laughs> yeah, it's a different kind of splashback you've got to look out yeah. for. But even the women can nip behind. It's 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 a it's unisex. It's it's quality. If um, you've been in tutties beforehand, you're going to need a wee, a few wee trips behind there. A couple of uh, a tweets that we've got in actually, because Lee had put out. Anyone have any questions for the panel tonight? So we'll we'll go through a couple of these quickly, and then we'll finish off by chatting about Kev Smith. Um, Hendry Ireland, we've addressed some of these on the show already, but Hendry Ireland says, chances of another draw next Saturday? Fact, we've drawn twice with the team from the south side. Can we nick a draw and get points? Climb the, the league like Gordon keeps saying. Points is the most important for teams to climb this league. I, I read I that so. without the punctuation. That was no punctuation there. So Sorry, Hendry, I probably butchered your thing there. Uh, but Logie Bear says, set up for a win. We've got to go for it every game now. Nothing to lose. That's that's the worry 
that if we start to get into it, that we might go a little bit into a shell and go a bit of defensive flight in the second half yesterday. Uh, but you don't want to go uh, gung-ho I, I, and let no, goals no, I wouldn't, either. I wouldn't say go gung-ho, but I mean, I think we've got the players that we can have a go at teams. Um, and I think that if you're Crawford, you're probably going right. You know, we've seen what we could do to a team as good as Alawa have. I'm not saying they're a good team, but they've got good players and, and have a proper go at it. Um, I don't think we should really fear anyone in the week. We've, you know, we've got to go for it. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that point. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, that as soon as the whistle goes, we get the spears out like Trojans and, and go for it. But we've got to have, we've got to have a go. We can't sit back. Like, I don't want, I don't want to see us playing like a 5-4-1 or anything like that. We've, we've, we've got to go for it. Andrew Doig says we're probably the only team in the league that haven't hit a run of form and that's that's true we've just never got a run going he says it's still a massive uphill task but yesterday's performance girded the loins for the rest of the season Mike Cole this episode girding the loins yeah I quite like that Um, yeah we haven't put a run together but technically we're we're on a bit of a run now Um, we've had I said that last week and you laughed at me yeah, I did. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> two two draws is a run. Two draws and a win is a is a decent run. Yeah. Um. So really, that's what five points out of nine. We need to do the same again. Um. Like I said earlier on in the show, it's it's not beyond uh, or four points out of nine. Um. It's not beyond the the realms of possibility if we could play as well as we have. And like I say, even the last two weeks. Man, in fact, maybe even apart from the Airdrie game and the Dumbarton game. We've not actually been playing too bad in recent weeks. The performances and have been the performances decent, have been decent. So if we could turn these performances into goals, no, nah, I can't. I can't go into that mindset. Um, yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis Walker says, "What's your expectations for the rest of the season after the amount of passion in yesterday's game?" So we've kind of touched on that. And it, it for me, what like if, if we're gonna go down, I want us to go down fighting and to show something to hold on to for next season like signs of improvement we've got to show improvement even if we go down we've got to show improvement and we've had that so far and I want to see passion from the players and and we're getting that Ross Hutchison says is this it is that the result we've been waiting for to turn it around are we saved and then he says not a hope in hell we did this after that 4-2 result against Cove and it got much worse so that's your ace wife (laughs) Mentality there. Yeah, glass half empty there, Ross. Yeah. He says, I've never seen the game yesterday. Were Aloha that wash? Or is this crawball starting to work? Oh, bit of column A, bit of column B. Back. Bit of both, yeah. yeah. Um, Zach says, was yesterday's win the starting point of the greatest turnaround to a season in football in history or just delaying the inevitable? See, we all want to hope it's the turnaround, <laughs> but we've been there so many times. Hmm. The one thing though is is you listen to Stevie Crawford and you really believe everything he says. Yeah. He's like I I don't know if that's just me, but you listen to him and you go, Yeah, you wanna what? Yeah, I, I could get behind that. Like he just I really like him. I've I've asked again if we could get him on the show. Um I really want to speak to him, not not just about the current state, but I would love to listen about his career because he's had an excellent career. Yeah. Um and I I think that He'd be a really interesting guy to talk to. But it must be great for the players having somebody of his experience and 
and you know, particularly for the forwards, you know, hopefully his words of wisdom are, are starting to, to rain down now. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's just if we're feeling that listening to him, hopefully the players are, are as well. ZX Renew says, as I have said before, every team in this league are capable of taking points from others. It's not over yet. It does look daunting, but there's still hope. Once again, we played well without using the long ball when playing out from the back. Some ropey moments, but I think this is the way forward. And the last one, fairly official, says, does this give us boys hope that we can do it? Considering if Peterhead lose their games in hand, we're only six points behind. Again, it's just so many ifs in this and it's not so many and it's too many um and i I don't want to be a negative nancy but realistically i've been in this position before where i'm like oh bet we can we can we can i would absolutely love us to but equally there's a difference between being realistic and having hope and i'm gonna err on the side of caution yeah it's long odds have you got the bookies and say you know give me odds for these five getting relegated most pe- most objective people looking at this will say East Fife are down. You know th- there is a chance. It's not it's not it's not a one in a hundred shot, but it's you know, it's it's decent. You're not nobody's going to be putting their mortgage on us avoiding relegation. No, I'll put Lee's mortgage on it. I'm prepared to do that. <laughs> but, um... I, I tell you, I, I'll bet my house on it. I don't own my house, so that could cause problems. But <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. What could go wrong, possibly? It's, it's nothing at all. But, yep, Lee, the negative Nancy boy, we'll, we'll see what, what comes from that. I've got some breaking news for you. Actually. I bet you know what it is. Jamie Allen has left East Fife after requesting to be released from his contract, ending his association with the club, which has spanned over a decade. 20 years old, he wasn't getting playing time I think it, it's the best thing for him to, to move on and fair play to the club for letting him move on and, and just continue his career yes that's another one we've just let go though um, I mean I get that he's a young lad but I mean Lemurfgo was only short a bob or two I'm sure that we could have commanded something from them mm. um, but equally you know he could be in the same division next season I doubt it oh no it's Bonnie Riggles Bonnie Riggles yeah <laughs> okay it'd be, a, it'd be a tall order for Lemurfgo to do that then yeah um, I think with, no, some of the, it, with, with the young guys, it's like if, if if you're not going to get if you're not going to get playing time and you want to get playing time, I think you have to. And I know gonna, that he, yeah. he won like the under twenties player of the year a few years ago for him. Right? I know that Tony McMinn thought really really highly of him and thought he would go on to play at a decent level, but maybe he just needs game time. But it, equally, I think he also went on loan to Dundonald and didn't get much game time. So look, a player that's played for us that long, clearly a local lad. All the best, Tim. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for this show. It's our special Valentine's weekend show and we're full of love for the the club just now. And there's a few players that... A club like ours, you fall in love with them over the years and they love the club back. And sometimes you want to deserve that love and reward that love. And we're doing that with Kev Smith, Mr East Fife, we've called him before. The, the club announced this week that he's been uh, awarded a testimonial for his eight-year service. Now, normally they're 10 years, so the fact that he's getting it after eight does make me think he's hanging his boots up at the end of the season. But well-deserved, Gordon. Yeah, definitely. It's a, sometimes you kind of forget how long he's been at East Fife. But um, 
been a great player for us and like you say, very rare, rare very rare for players to stick at the same club for that length of time. I'm sure over his time at East Fife he could have could have had offers to go elsewhere, but he hasn't. He's stuck by us. Um, uh, the, the thing I always remember about Kev Smith above everything else is when we the season we won the league um, was it 2016? So I was down south at the time so I was you know you didn't get like you couldn't watch the games live so I was watching the highlights I remember saying to my dad it's just like when I watched the highlights back say the the proportion of our goals that involved him at some point you know he's done something maybe he's not been the one that scored it maybe he's not even been the one that's kind of set it up but the number of goals we scored that season where he played a significant part and when you just watch the highlights where it's just you know goal mostly goals you really seen it and I was like I maybe would have missed that if I was mm. watching game by game. But yeah, that's always the thing I remember. He was involved in absolutely everything. So he's been a, a really good player for us and good, happy to see we're giving him a testimonial. Hopefully we'll get a good uh, good opposition for it and get a good crowd. Yeah, I can get Stevie Archibald to get Barcelona over for it. I'd be sure <laughs> a nice little treat. I mean, Lee, I've not seen Kev play that much because obviously his career has been after I went away. I've seen a couple of games when I've been back that that he's played in. But I know you've got very fond memories of him. Get you to share that. And you were also asking a lot of our listeners to to share their memories of him as well. Yeah, I think that, to be honest, not only do I like Kev as a player, I really like him as a guy. Um, Just a, a... Top, top, top human being. Um, which, I loved our chat with him in the show. That yeah, had. I, was I could have spoke to him. We could have spoke to him for hours because you want to know what? And he's he's funny and and I, I I love how much he loves the club. Who was the last East Fife player to get a testimonial? I, I wrote this down and I, I think it was Dickie Gibb. Yeah, I was on the testimonial committee for that, and since I've left since two thousand and seven, that shows you how long ago that was. Yeah. So who 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 was um. I think I remember him getting one. Who did? Who was it against? I want to say Hearts. Did we not have? Maybe there was some... another one in between because there must have been another <laughs> Whose one. Whose testimonial did Rangers bring to New Bayview? Davy Gorman in nineteen eighty-five, but in New that's Bayview. Go... That's all oh, New Bayview. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was I there, was there maybe not... there has been another one then. Was there no one or two players from the kind of you know the mid nineties team that ended up getting a testimonial? Dickie Gibb was one that I thought of. I didn't know if... It wasn't Gilbert Allen, was it? Did he get one? Oh, I don't know. I could dig all my programmes out. But yeah, um, if anybody knows the answer to the, the testimonial question. But to be honest, there's a few players that I thought should have got one. Um, would have been somebody like um, Greg McDonald. I thought he would, he would have been there for around that amount of time. Div Muir maybe as well. See, it's, it's usually 10 years, though. Yeah. And, and but they changed they, the rules on that recently, though, didn't they? Did I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if either of those... Are, I mean, I know it's about 10 years, and I, I suppose eight years you could say, like, oh, well, you're kind of approaching that 10, so maybe you start thinking about it. But, I mean, Pat Slattery must also be... A year behind. I, I said that yesterday. He's, he's a year behind. Um, but... I'll, I'll not go into to, to my memories because I think that what I'll save them for is when his testimonial comes up and we'll maybe do a testimonial special. Oh, that'd be um, fantastic. Yeah. I think that we should do that. Um, but some of the memories that fans have shared, um, when our um, our devotees, Jaden, um, always takes the time to speak to me and my, my mates after the game, win, lose or draw. That just, again, tells you once more what, what a top guy is. 
Scott Young, not dogging just now. Um, his screamer against Queen of the South is up there with one of the best goals that I've seen at Bayview. Oh, he um, was in the gardens for hours after that. Yeah. <laughs> the the 3-1 win away at Elgin during the title-winning season, I think he played up the left that afternoon and the Elgin defence could not cope with him. Absolutely unplayable. That was from Barry Scott. Um, Blair at Gunner Designs, top man as well. Blair, um, favourite moment has to be the playoff goal versus Clyde. The roar when the goal went in and Gary Naismith running the pitch to celebrate with him is something I won't forget. The commentary on the highlights from that game is something that I'm sure a lot of people remember as well. It's in the net, it's in the net. Kevin Smith has put the ball in the back of the net. Um, we, so we should the, sample that and do something with that, actually. Yeah. Um, like I say, there's not many players, and certainly in my lifetime, that you can, you just think of being synonymous for the club and synonymous with your shirt and an all-round legend. Um, he, he's won a league title with us he's been a captain with us for a few years now he's a captain on the park he's a captain off it and truly truly deserves us so big props to you Kev yeah I'm looking forward actually now that you said we'll, we'll do a kind of testimonial special because it sounds like they're having a, a fans game again as well oh Christ I, I, I it. <laughs> I'm definitely not fit enough for that I've still never get played in one back. of those we're going to have to get back on the treadmill <laughs> Oh, I don't think I'd break a treadmill if I stood in there now, God, and I'll need to pound the pavements first. But yeah, keep keep your memories of Kev coming in. Also, no one got in touch with us with your like Scottish lower league icons that I was looking for, or the your kind of favourite away grounds that you think are still proper football grounds. So we're still looking for some of those, and all the things we talk about are always still open as well. But I think that's a, a nice point for us to, to round this show up. Just any final words from you, Gordon? It's obviously, it's Valentine's Day on Monday, which is our love letter to all you people we're, we're bringing this out on Valentine's Day for you. Now, you obviously peaked with your girlfriend taking her to, to East Fife a few weeks ago. Can you top yeah. that for Valentine's Day? I'm not really sure. I think, you know, once once you've got to that level, it's all, it's all downhill from there, really. Yeah. So, um Going to pop the question on Valentine's Day, Doug? Uh, Gordon, even? Yeah, Doug. Yeah, I, are you Doug? Yeah. <laughs> well, Either uh, w- would you uh, Would you like to come to East Five Queens? Get down on one knee. <laughs> would you like to come down to East Five Queens Park next week? How long have you been together, Gordon? Uh, coming up for four years. Uh, mm. So we want to ring on it soon, mate. So what I, what I'm hearing is if we avoid relegation, just Gordon like this guy from Abroth. <laughs> to his girlfriend. Oh, is that? So, has someone done that? Yeah, so the guy that's the Arbroath fan, he's gone like sort of uh, um, viral. He says that if Arbroath win the league, he'll propose to his girlfriend to like 10 years or whatever. Oh. Come on, Gordon. Well, we've we've already got bets around football with the, the World Cup. Right. So basically, if, if Scotland qualify for the World Cup and Uruguay don't, then we... We're having like a wee weekend away and she'll pick where it is because it's like, I've got Scotland going to the World Cup. She doesn't have Uruguay going, so she gets to pick. If Uruguay qualify and Scotland don't, I get to pick where we go. And and probably like we're going too far with this, but it's like if neither of them qualify, we're, we're going to like go to the Caribbean or something like that. What if they both so qualify? Like, oh, we don't get any holidays because then we're both happy. Oh, okay. Because so. you're going to Qatar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so we've, got, we've got that going on. We were speaking on our, our show over here 
that we just recorded yesterday about this and my co-host Zach that did that spoke about meeting his it's his wife now in 2000 and they were talking about getting married and stuff and he's like well I'd maybe like to wait because he's of German descent and Germany had been awarded the 2006 World Cup and he said I'd really like to go over to that um, if you could wait until after that and she's like oh I I can wait you can get married in 2006 it won't be to me but you can you can get married in 2006 so they're married now but he still got to the world cup so that, that was good all that any final thoughts from you lee i'm sure you're doing something special for rachel it was actually um our anniversary not wedding but our general anniversary on friday 11 years together um so been a, a long time um as she said to me it's been a grueling 11 years for her um <laughs> We don't do Valentine's Day. We never have done, but I bought her a nice calla lily, which was the wedding the the flowers that she had for our wedding, um, and a wee card. That's that's Aww. see a big soft day at heart, really. And I got the square root of fuck all. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't really do much. I I, I got Caitlin some a uh, uh, hotel chocolate selectors pack because. They've got Hotel Chocolat in the States that shipped to Canada. The one in Scotland or the UK used to ship as well, but then COVID and Brexit rules mean they can't ship to Canada now. And I'm like, we've got a fuck all to do with Brexit. How can you not ship to Canada? I don't, still oh, yeah. don't understand. I emailed them and they said, oh, it's, just, it's, it's just Brexit regulations. Anyway. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like to, to spread roses over the bed. But she's moved away now, so I can't do that this year. <laughs> but that is it for this episode of Glory Days of Gold. We'll be back soon. Will we be talking about another win? Will we be talking about more goals? Will we be talking about Danny Swanson started? Lee can just rework his tweet. Uh, fingers crossed Craig Telfer tips us for another defeat to Queen's Park. His selections this week were shocking. He needs to, to get on that. But yeah, we will be back soon. Until next time, thank you for listening. Have a great Valentine's Day. And more than five. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful, and you always look and go, "Wow, I'd love to play here one day." If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>